Are you ready to hear that trumpet sound? And be caught up to be with the Lord where we will be with Him forever. And in doing so, we will be entering into the Lord's rest and our rest provided for us by the Lord, the Lord's Sabbath. And incidentally, that's what we're going to be talking about today, is the number four commandment, remember the Sabbath day. So take your Bibles or your electronic devices, join me in Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20, as we continue to work our way through the Ten Commandments. Once again, this morning, uh, we want to say the Ten Commandments uh, together. So I would ask you to stand up. You'll see them on the the screen. And uh, let's say the Ten Commandments together. Do not worship any other gods. Do not make idols. Do not misuse the name of the Lord. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Honor your father and your mother. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not give false witness. Do not covet. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. You can be seated. This morning, we zero in on the fourth of those commands. You'll remember the commandments are divided up. The first four have to do with our vertical relationship, our relationship with God. The last six have to do with our horizontal relationship, the relationship we have with one another. And when we come to this command to remember the Sabbath, I want you to know, first of all, this is not a part of the moral law. The rest of the Ten Commandments, the other nine, are all a part of what we would call the moral law. This particular commandment is the only one that is not commanded in the New Testament. And we'll talk about that a little bit more. But to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy is not repeated in the New Testament. All of the other nine commandments are repeated in the New Testament. So I thought it would be good for us this morning to look at a biblical history of the Sabbath, to kind of trace the Sabbath and see how it was established why it was established, and some of the, the events around the Sabbath day. Well, as we look at a biblical history of the Sabbath, we need to know it was instituted by God. All the way back in Genesis chapter 2, in verses 1 to 3, there we read this. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished. Chapter 1 gives us the story of creation. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. Now, we see the word Sabbath is not used in that passage. But the concept of the Sabbath, which is the concept of rest, 
That's what the Sabbath means, is rest. It is a day of rest. So God works in all creation. Six days he works, and then he rested. Now, it's important for us to to note, God didn't rest because he was tired. We're talking about the omnipotent God. He never gets tired. He never gets worn out. He's not resting because he's worn out from his acts of creation. He is resting to set an example for us. Though the Sabbath is not encoded in law at this point in time, God is giving us the example of working six days and resting on the seventh. A pastor friend of mine uh, who was dealing with staff who were always wanting more days off, he would remind them, yes, you are entitled to time off. And you are very good at telling me that God worked six days and he rested on the seventh. So I want to remind you, you're to be working six days. Work six days and we'll have no problem with you having a day off. Well, this particular pastor that I knew, he was a workaholic, and he worked all the time. But God is establishing for us a principle that's important for us to take time off. Uh, The great preacher Vance Habner used to say, uh, you will take some time off to rest, you'll go apart and take rest, or you'll just go apart. And there's a truth to that. God has not made us to be working seven days a week. He has created and given to us a principle that we are to work six days, but we are to have a day of rest. So it's instituted by God. Secondly, we're going to see in Israel's history that it was practiced in the wilderness. Uh, I read some commentators this week who were making the point that they said there is no evidence that Israel kept the Sabbath, that they kept a day of rest until after the law was given in Exodus chapter 20. I don't know how they can make that point because in Exodus chapter 16, we have the story of how God provided manna for the nation of Israel. Remember, they needed something to eat. And so each morning, the manna would be, they would find it on the ground outside the camp. They were to go gather it. And everyone was to gather just what they needed, enough food for that day. Now, some of the Israelites were afraid that the manna might not be there the next day, so they gathered more than enough than what their family could eat, and the next morning, they found out that the manna that they had gathered was filled with worms. Just gather enough. But on the sixth day, they were to gather enough for two days. So that on the seventh day, God was not providing the manna. And they gathered on the sixth day, and that was to take them through day six and day seven. 
And on day seven, there were not worms in the manna that they had gathered. And certain individuals in the nation of Israel went out on the seventh day looking for manna, and God was not happy. See, the issue of dealing with the manna, of it being there for six days and not being there the seventh day, was an issue of trust. Do you trust God? Do you believe what God has said? Can you put your faith in him? So this is a command, though it was not yet commanded to Israel, it was practiced in the wilderness. In the passage before us this morning, in Exodus chapter 20, in verses 8 to 11, it is commanded for the nation of Israel. Look at the passage, Exodus 20, 8 to 11. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But on the seventh day, it is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. You or your son or your daughter or your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Let's make some observations about this passage. One, we are to remember the Sabbath day. Israel was to remember this day of rest. They were to keep it holy. It was to be set apart. It was not just for the Israelites, but also for everyone who dwelt with them. See, if you were looking for a way around the command, if God just said, keep the Sabbath, you may be thinking, okay, I'll keep the Sabbath, but I'll use my sons and daughters to get the work done. He says, no, your family members, not to do it. Or maybe they would think, because they had slaves as well, I'll have my slaves do the work for me. No, the slaves are not to work either. Well, maybe there's sojourners among us. They're really not a part of the nation, but they're here with us. We will use them to do our work on the Sabbath. No, God took care of that too. So no one within the boundaries of Israel, no one was to work on the Sabbath day. Another observation, and I don't have time to develop this more. I'm just going to throw this out to some of you to challenge some of your beliefs. What is stated in this verse as well is one of the reasons I believe in 24-hour creation days. You are to keep this day because what did the Lord do? He worked six days and he rested on the seventh. It's the same word used there in the passage. And so when we think of the Sabbath day, Israel knew very well he was referring to a 24-hour period. 
And if it applies in keeping the Sabbath, I think it also applies in the days of creation back in Genesis chapter 1 and 2. So we'll just leave that there, and you can chew on that a little bit if you're someone who doesn't believe in a 24-hour creation week. It was a day that was made. Now, as we said, this was commanded for Israel. Actually, the first four words in this command to keep it holy in English is four words, but in the Hebrew is only one word. It means to consecrate, to set apart, to sanctify. The nation of Israel was to make a distinction between the seventh day and the rest of the week. This day was to be different. On this day, the priests did double their sacrifices, marking this day as a holy day set apart to the Lord. You may also notice in this command, this is the first command that we've studied so far that is stated positively. The others have all been stated negatively. Actually, there are only two commands that are stated positively to keep the Sabbath, and the one that we'll look at next week, to honor your father and your mother. Now, to see that this is a relationship between God and the nation of Israel, as it's given here in Exodus chapter 20, as a law to be kept, In Exodus chapter 31, in verses 16 to 17, we read this. Therefore, the people of Israel shall keep the Sabbath. Notice that. The people of Israel shall keep the Sabbath, observing the Sabbath throughout their generations as a covenant forever. It is a sign forever between me and the people of Israel. Please note that. It is a sign, the Sabbath, between God and the people of Israel, that in six days the Lord made the heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. This is a covenant between God and the nation of Israel. Also, I want you to know, this was enforced in Israel. In Numbers chapter 15, in verses 32 and 36, we have the story of a man who went out on the Sabbath day and was gathering up sticks. I don't know what the purpose of the sticks were. He was out gathering sticks, and it was reported to Moses. And the penalty for violating the Sabbath in Israel was the penalty of death. Let that sink in for a moment. What was the penalty? Death for working on the Sabbath. And so it's recorded. They took the man outside the camp and they stoned him for violating the Sabbath day. It was enforced in Israel. Next, I want us to notice we look at the history of the Sabbath that Israel had not only Sabbath days, but Sabbath years 
and a year of jubilee, all years of rest in addition to that. There was a cycle that's given, and it's recorded in Leviticus chapter 25, if you want to go and read that. But the cycle was you would work six years, and then you were to let the land rest in the seventh year. And you'll see that the cycle that God has put in place, years one through six, you work, year seven, the land, and you rest. Years eight through 13, you work, you rest in year 14. And so on and so forth through 49 years. And then year 50 was to be a jubilee unto the Lord. I wish we had time today just to, to preach on the Jubilee and talk about everything that happened in that Jubilee year. But we don't have time to cover that. We're working on the Ten Commandments and the day of rest here. But I want you to see once again, it's an issue of trust. It's an issue of obedience and trusting God. See, because what is happening is you work six years harvesting your crops. In the seventh year, you don't plant, you don't reap. You are trusting God that for the produce and for his blessings in the sixth year, that it will also get you through the seventh year. So you're establishing the principle of trusting God for two years. What you get in the sixth year gets you through the sixth year. And it also gets you through the seventh year. But then note, in year 50, the year of Jubilee, you're trusting God for three years worth of provision. You've worked in the 48th year, and so he's providing for you in year 48, and then in year 49, which is the Sabbath year, and then in year 50, which is a jubilee, but is also a Sabbath year. So you are trusting God. God is trying to get this nation to realize, if you obey me, if you trust me, I will take care of you. You know, it seems to be a lesson we still need to learn today, right? All of us. If you're here and you're workaholic and you say, oh, there's just no way I can make it working six days a week. I've got to be working all the time or I just can't make it. Not only are you going to affect yourself physically, spiritually, and emotionally, you are making a statement, I can't trust God and the principles that he has put in place. I want to tell you, God can be trusted. And we may not be underneath the law of the Sabbath, but the principle of the Sabbath is still in play today. The next thing I want you to see is that Israel goes into captivity for not keeping the Sabbath day. Sometimes we kind of just pass over 2 Chronicles, but in 2 Chronicles chapter uh, 36, in verses 20 and 21, we read this. He took into exile in Babylon 
those who had escaped from the sword. And they became servants to him and to his sons until the establishment of the kingdom in Persia to fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah. Jeremiah was another of the prophets. Until the land had enjoyed its what? Its Sabbaths. All the days that it lay desolate, it kept Sabbath to fulfill 70 years. See, Israel didn't trust God. So as the kingdom is established, they do not keep the Sabbath years. They continue to work through all seven of the years. But you know who kept count? Because he had made it a command to the nation. It was God. And Israel was in captivity in Babylon for 70 years. And that's not just a random number. They were in captivity for 70 years to make up for 70 Sabbaths they had not kept with God. You think God forgets things? The only thing he forgets is our sins that have been put under the blood of Jesus Christ. Do you think God expects people and nations to keep the commands that he gives? Absolutely. Well, I must move on quickly. We need to look at the New Testament teaching regarding the Sabbath. The first thing that I want you to see is that the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Jesus just comes out and says that in Mark 2.27. And he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. You see, Jesus kept running into conflicts with the religious leaders of his day. They were not happy that on the Sabbath day, he would heal people. They could not catch the concept that the Sabbath was created for man, not man for the Sabbath. They could not get a hold of the concept, it is okay to do good on the Sabbath day. See, this particular conflict in Mark 2.27 was over the fact that Jesus was walking with his disciples and as they went through the fields of wheat, they grabbed some of the wheat and they took it in their hands and they rolled it and then they ate it because they were hungry. And so the religious leaders are right there saying, Jesus, how come you let your disciples violate the Sabbath day? Jesus later on in occasions would say to them, Is it unlawful to do good on the Sabbath? See, the Sabbath was made for man, not the other way around. Now, in Jesus' day, the the religious leaders had 1,521 things you could not do on the Sabbath day. Including, among that was, If a flea landed on you, you were not allowed to kill it on the Sabbath day. 
You were not allowed to eat an egg that was laid on the Sabbath day by a hen because the hen worked to produce that egg. I found this interesting in my study, actually quite humorous. On the Sabbath day, Israelites were forbidden from tying a knot. There was one exception. A woman was allowed to tie a knot in her girdle. But let me go on further. So, if they needed to take a bucket of water and drop it into the well in order to get water, they could not tie a knot in the rope. But they could tie the girdle to the rope and therefore lower the bucket into the well in order to get their water. Uh, Throughout time, and there are those believers that believe that the Sabbath day is on us today and the same rules and regulations and that it's been switched from Saturday to Sunday. We've had different types of rules as well. I was reading a story of a sea captain who returned to his home in Massachusetts after an absence of two years. His wife met him at the gate and he kissed her. It was unlawful in Massachusetts to kiss on the Sabbath. Therefore, the wicked captain was put into stocks for a lack of reverence on the holy day. Jonathan Edwards, the great preacher, resolved that he would never utter anything humorous on the Lord's day because he would be breaking the Sabbath. Another interesting fact that I just thought I'd throw this in because I thought it was interesting. In 1875, the leaders of the town of Evanston, Illinois, passed a law forbidding the sale of ice cream sodas on Sunday because it would be work to mix up the soda. So, as you can guess, whenever you have rules and regulations, you also have people looking for ways around those rules and regulations. I have a whole staff of guys working for me that know how to do that. (laughs) Uh, I want you to know we have a great staff, but we have a very enterprising staff. that if there's a loophole, they will exploit it. (laughs) So some enterprising person in Evanston, Illinois, decided that he still wanted his ice cream and he wanted some flavor with it. So he began putting topping on top of the ice cream. It didn't need to be mixed, so he wasn't violating the law. And so it became, in his shop, people would come in and ask for a Sunday. Well, the religious leaders got all upset that they were calling it Sunday, and so he slightly changed it. He changed the spelling 
So now, when you go to lunch today, you can enjoy the Sunday that came about because of someone trying to get around rules. <laughs> okay. So, there's someone who loves her ice cream. Right, the next thing I want you to see is Jesus is over the Sabbath. He is over the Sabbath. Mark 2.28 tells us, so the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. I must move quickly now, so stay with me. All right. I want you to see next from the New Testament that keeping the Sabbath is not required. It's not required. Colossians 2, 16 and 17. Therefore, now Paul's writing to the Colossians, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a what? A Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come. The stuff in the Old Testament is a shadow of the reality that is coming. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Next, I want us to, to see in Romans 14, verses 5 and 6, Paul writes to the Romans and says this, one person esteems one day as better than another. Hmm, I wonder what he could be talking about there while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God, while the one who abstains, abstains in the honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. So whatever your convictions are, and I know that we have those who have a conviction that the Lord's Day, and that's what we call Sunday, the Lord's Day. Incidentally, it's mentioned only one place in the New Testament, that term, the Lord's Day. It's in Revelation chapter 1, verse 10, where John says he was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. Now, most commentators... I, I really can't think of anyone who differs, says that when he referred to the Lord's Day, everyone knew he was talking about Sunday. Because the New Testament church started meeting on Sunday. Why? Because that was the day of the resurrection. You know, we think that we celebrate the resurrection on Easter Sunday. The reality is we celebrate the resurrection every time on Sundays when we meet together. Every Sunday should be Easter Sunday. And I wish as the people of God, we would be as faithful in our attendance every Sunday as we are on Easter Sunday. Keeping the Sabbath is not required. If you want to do it, and if you feel convicted to do it, praise God do it. But don't try to impose that on anybody else. And if you don't 
see Sunday as a Sabbath, which I do not. I don't think the scriptures teach that. Then do it unto the Lord. Be fully convinced in your mind to what you do. What I want us to understand, however, is that we have rest. We have a Sabbath. The Sabbath is found in Christ. Go home and read Hebrews chapter 3 and 4. Remember, the Sabbath is about rest. Someone will say, well, shouldn't we worship God? Absolutely we should be worshiping God. Should we worship God on the Lord's Day? Absolutely, I think we should. I think the early church had it right when they gathered together on the Lord's Day on Sunday to worship. But you want to know the reality? We're to worship God not one day a week, but what? Seven days a week. Our Sabbath, our rest is found in Christ. He is our rest. He is Lord of the Sabbath. We don't have a day. We have a person. And if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he gives to you rest. Let me make some quick practical applications for us this morning. Number one, do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Jesus says, come to me and I'll give you what? I'll give you rest. He is the only one that can provide rest for your weary soul. He is the only one who can take away your sin and remove it and give you an eternal home in heaven, which is the place of rest for us as believers. Put your faith and trust in Jesus. Dear Christian friends, those of us that know Christ, though we do not have a Sabbath day, the principle of the Sabbath, which began in creation, that principle of working six days and taking a time to rest a seventh day, that is for your good that God gave it. Even in the nation of Israel, they worked as slaves seven days a week for the Egyptians. So when God gives his law for the benefit of the people, even in the law, he is telling them, you must rest one day a week. Make sure you're not violating that principle or you will pay for it eventually, physically emotionally, and spiritually. So let's realize, though keeping the Sabbath is not a part of the moral law, there is a principle there that we should honor. And let's also praise God, we are not under the laws of the Old Testament, other than the moral law, the nine laws that are all repeated in the New Testament. Testament and praise God for the freedom that we have in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word and help us, Lord, that we might honor you. We love you, Lord. 
We thank you for the rest that you give to us in our souls. Thank you for our Savior. Help us that we might honor you. In Jesus' name, amen.